welcome to Authentically You podcast, the podcast that dives deep into a transformative journey of self-discovery, self-acceptance, and self-expression. I'm your host, Kirsty Hankin, and I'm here to guide you on a path towards embracing your true, unapologetic, authentic self. In this podcast, we'll embark on a quest to uncover the secrets to breaking free from societal expectations, shredding the masks we wear, and stepping into our own power. Each episode, we'll explore the questions and challenges that our listeners face on their personal journeys, providing practical insights and heartfelt advice. But it doesn't stop there. Authentically You podcast goes beyond just answering your questions. We're here to introduce you to a diverse lineup of incredibly knowledgeable professionals who will share their expertise, wisdom, and experiences. We'll bring you thought-provoking interviews that will inspire and empower you. This is Authentically You podcast, unleashing life on your own terms. I'm Kirsty Hankin, and together, let's unlock the power within and live life authentically. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. We're in this together. Hello, and welcome to Authentically You podcast. Welcome today, and we are, I'm very excited to have the beautiful Alex with us. Alex formerly worked in fashion in New York City for 15 years and turned wellness coach after becoming certified in in, in integrated nutritional health, yoga, and her very own personal healing. Her focus is on autoimmune disorders and empowering holistic healing through the mind, body, and self-connection. That sounds incredible, and it sounds like you've had an incredible journey, Alex. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, it has been a journey, but a rewarding one at that. Oh, I bet it has. I bet it has. Any journey sort of has good rewards, doesn't it? But tell us about where did it start from um, Um, fashion? Well, from the very beginning, my journey started in childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have a very, um, not extremely, but quite a bit of a traumatic childhood growing up. Um, you know, watching little things about, you know, arguments, um, things like, you know, limiting beliefs being bestowed upon me, um, hurdles that I didn't know that I was going to carry with me through life about, uh, narcissistic behaviors, um, you know, from parental figures and things along those lines. And I didn't realize how many negative things that I was absorbing as a child. Um, and it only kind of continued since I was not aware of it, it continued to stay with me throughout, you know, schooling, high schooling. um, And then what followed me to college, um, where I did go to college in New York City for fashion, um, which was, New York City is brilliantly great. I love it, but it is very dense. It's very stimulating. There's, uh, isn't much room to kind of quiet your mind and take a look inward and see how things are going. So it was very distracting. So I moved a lot through different um, situations that were rather harming to my body. I 
wasn't aware of foods I was eating, the sugars that I was having, what my, you know, the toxins that I was taking in from the environments of the cities, all that type of external thing and how it was affecting my body. Um, at the same time, my mother had battled with um, five cancers. Wow. Um, she beat four of them. And on her fifth cancer, um, that is unfortunately the one that she did pass uh, pass from. But uh, what going through those journeys with her taught me was that the doctors could only do so much. Yeah. Um, I have the utmost respect for doctors and they know a lot, brilliant, um, but they help kind of in those trauma situations to get us through them. But nobody was getting to the cause of why she kept developing these things time after time after time. Mm. And on her last cancer, they pretty much were like, we don't, we don't have anything else to try. It's just it. And I said, that's, I can't, it's hard for me to accept that as an answer. Absolutely. So I always said, I'm like, there has to be more. There mm -hmm. has to be more. Um, I, while I was in college, I was diagnosed with um, multiple sclerosis, MS and Lyme disease. And I grew up, my grandmother had 22 acres of wood in Northern Virginia. So Lyme disease was very aware and, you know, relevant and everything. People had it very often. So I agreed with that. And so I was tested and it was chronic Lyme. And so I was tested for that with a harsh, very harsh course of antibiotics. Wow. Um, and from that, I also developed multiple sclerosis and I had a hard time accepting that diagnosis. I was like, I don't, I agree with you from what you're seeing on images and scans and what you're recording symptomatically, but still you can't tell me why, you know, the lesions that they were seeing in my brain, they were like, we don't know what caused them. We don't know why they're there. And I said, that's hard that we have hard to digest that we have come so far in science yeah. and still we don't have answers. So I just constantly thought there has to be more. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, had went through symptoms of extreme painful headaches. I lost the feeling in entire right side of my body. Sometimes it was just in my hands. I had to reteach myself how to write on my left, my right hand. Um, I, you know, at times I didn't have feeling in my legs. So I had to go down the stairs step by step, sitting down. Um, just those also annoying things like brain fog, confusion, loss of words, mixing them up. Um, those symptoms that, you know, you can kind of get when you're very fatigued. Mm -hmm. um, which was another one. Insomnia was one. And again, going to all of those, the doctors wanted to put me on medication. Yeah. So yeah. I did go on medication for multiple sclerosis. And I was, I threw up my arms at some point. I said, you know, I need this to be healed. I want this back. Um, my feeling, everything like that. I want my headaches to stop. So I did go on medication. And at some point I had lost vision in one of my eyes slowly but surely over the course of about maybe two and a half or so weeks, it started to turn darker and mm -hmm. I started to lose parts of my vision. And I mean, that was very scary. Yeah. But uh, the doctor put me in the hospital. They told me to go through steroid treatments uh, for one week. It was an hour steroid treatment in the morning and at night. It was very, very painful of the treatment. And I wasn't a fan of steroids, but I... 
I did what he said um, because I trusted, I believed and trusted that my eyesight was going to come back. Yeah. Thankfully it did. Then, you know, I kind of sat there and I was like, okay, there's a reason this happened. What, why I didn't really think much about it, but I was definitely intrigued. And at that point I had um, found a book called the walls protocol yeah. And it was, um, she was a doctor who was diagnosed with MS. She had become basically wheel bone, uh, wheelchair bound yeah. and, you know, couldn't go play soccer with her kids and stuff. And she used food to uh, reverse it. So she actually got rid of her symptoms. She regained her ability to walk. She regained her ability to play with her kids, to do all of the things that you like to do in life. And yeah. it was by being very, very strict of a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And this was incredible to me. You know, I had tried the working out heavily and sticking to an exercise routine and I wasn't getting anywhere. So I said, food must be it. So I took her advice. I went, at first I went just straight um, paleo yeah. um, to eliminate a lot of the sugars and processed foods and such out of the way. Yeah. And I did find success on that. Now I'm plant-based, um, but it was a journey and a progression, but I started to see that from medication, I wasn't really getting too far, but changing my food, I was starting to notice differences, positive differences. Yeah. So again, I said, there has to be something about this. Yeah. And at, around the same time as when my mother was diagnosed with her fifth cancer and going through all of that and, you know, not having any success with the medical field. So I said, all right, I'm leaving fashion because I've now lost my mother. The medical industry could not save her. Um, fashion was very beautiful to work in. I loved developing uh, pretty jewelry and products and customers and stuff, but inside it wasn't fulfilling. I yeah. knew that I wasn't really serving a purpose. It was a temporary happiness that I was kind of serving, um, which is great, but not what I wanted to do for my life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of wondered, what should I do? I spent a lot of time in the park, staring at the sky and the clouds and, you know, saying, please just send me a sign or something. And I was led to integrative nutrition, health coaching. So yeah. I said, why not? Uh, I'd love to know more about myself and more about health and, you know, anything that I can. Um, I didn't want to become a doctor or anything. So I said, let me start here as a new career. And I did, and I fell in love with it. Um, it was holistically encompassing of nutrition about not just food, not just exercise, but mindset, spirituality, education, you know, fun, community, support. And I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah. So I immediately fell in love with it. And I was like, yes, this is what I, this is how I'm going to manage myself. And this is what I want to teach to other people. I want to help and guide other people and let them find their own successes as well. Um, so I studied and became certified with health coaching. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time as that, which was kind of hard of a schedule to maintain, but um, I decided for some reason, I was not really a yoga person before, yeah. but in my mind, one day my brother asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, just quit my job and become a yoga teacher. And not doing any yoga, I wasn't even sure how to do the poses and what yeah. the poses were called or 
asanas, uh, what they were even called, but I decided to sign up for it uh, for a really great place in New York. And so I got in there. I got certified in uh, vinyasa yoga, and I went on to go uh, do other certifications in other types of yoga because I just absolutely fell in love with how you were able to connect with your mind and body while doing mindful movements. Yeah. And it was fascinating to me that you could move your body in a certain way. And if you were able to quiet your mind, you could actually feel the difference about what was happening. You could feel when something was going right or wrong, or if um, something was a little bit achy, you could also kind of investigate that. And I just loved it. Um, and so I then, you know, studied more about just wellness in general and more than holistic, um, things. And I was like, I need to, I need to work with other people to share all this information. Yeah. So. I think, I think that's a beautiful journey that you've come, come full circle in. And I think that's where some of the most amazing people come from is their own journeys, their own research, their own, um, knowledge of finding these things out and then mm -hmm. even beautiful thing is just going I need to share this I know other people are feeling this way I know other people are dealing with this I need to share this information and it is just beautiful to hear that you oh where you've come where you, where you are now like what an amazing story to be sharing um, and helping people one of my, if I could pat myself on the back a little bit on this one, yeah. one of my most uh, repeated success stories that I do tell people is that um, the second time I lost vision in my eye, mm -hmm. um, it was a different eye this time, but I said, I don't want to go back on steroids. There has to be another way. And I was in health coaching school. So I said, okay, I'm going to pay attention to what they're giving me what they gave me the first time, why steroids are helping me, how they let me regain my vision and how can I do this without medicine? Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm in health coaching school right now. There's so many resources that we have. Food is apparently so important. So how can I link these together? And I did get my vision back the second time. Unfortunately, there tried to be a third time that uh, my vision wanted to go away. And I said, no, I'm not doing any steroids this time. I'm doing solely food. And um, I looked up, you know, steroids reduce inflammation. I learned that my I was losing my vision because the nerve that connects from my eye to my brain was so inflamed that it was basically cutting off communication. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I wasn't able to see. So I reduced... Um, you know, all the bad things going into my body. I increased antioxidants, um, anti-inflammatory foods. I changed my diets, even though I didn't like some of the foods, I forced myself to eat them because the palate will change after time. You just have to give it a little bit of trial periods. Um, and without medication, my vision came back within two and a half weeks. Wow. Two and a half weeks. And so that's when I literally thought I was like, oh my gosh, this is magic. I just did magic on myself and I need to shout this from the rooftop. You do. That's incredible. Definitely pat on the back. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I know. I'm like, you know, if I may, but yes. Yeah. That's that's massive. What made you, I mean, I know what you, you've been through, but 
what has been the main, um, what, why? Why did you want to really get so deep into it? And I know I think because I knew that there was, I always knew there was more. Yeah. I'm like, this is not the way we're supposed to live. This is, I feel this way, but we're not supposed to feel this way. Mm. And I don't compare myself to anyone, but I am aware of other people. And I'm like, well, why can they have that? And I'm getting this. Yeah. And if they can do this, if they can find healing success stories, then why can't I? And so it really came down to just taking an interest in myself and going after with a very dedicated mindset of, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to look things up. I'm going to watch movies, read books. I'm going to do all these things because one thing leads you to the next. And, And eventually you get to where you need to go, but you have to start somewhere. And it all kind of started with a why question of why am I doing this? Why, why am I feeling like this? I, you know, I feel sad all the time. Why do I feel sad all the time? I feel tired all the time. Why am I tired all the time? You know, it's like, why do these things keep happening to me? So it was that interest in myself that I wasn't giving up on probably stubborn and interest at the same time of, I was determined to figure it out and, you know, no one was going to tell me no. Yeah. It's interesting that you say you ask yourself questions because I think that is part of the start of the journey uh, of any anything that you want to do in life is uh, start asking yourself questions and listening to what the, what's being said or in return or mm-hmm. answer yeah. um, because you can find that like, most answers are, are within. We know we just aren't listening or accepting what we actually should be doing. Like we should be eating yeah. better. Do we listen to that all the time? No, not really. Do we, um, to get fit, we have to go for runs and go to the gym? Not necessarily those things. But <laughs> do we do it all the time? Not necessarily. So yeah. it, it, is a, it is a journey. And the dedication and consistency, repetition is so important as well to make those changes for your subconscious mind, those beliefs mm-hmm. and those habits that you have and you've created yeah. um, to change those, aren't they? Yes. And I found it, it takes practice, Mm. but I found that so many people don't actually know how to listen to themselves um, because how to have what I would say an inner conversation. And, you know, it's so, I tell people it's so much easier than you think, just really don't think about it. You know, if you eat a meal and you're tired 30 minutes ago, or 10 minutes later, then that's probably not the best meal for you to have eaten. Maybe Mm -hmm. other foods might help you be fueled for longer and better. You know, it's kind of like when someone tells you something and immediately you tense up. Well, that's something your body is not positively reacting to. So it's just taking a little bit more time to kind of slow life down a little bit and being in tune with yourself and your body's telling you signs of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then we can apply that someplace else, you know, like I had a really hard day at work. Am I going to go for an 18 mile run and your body quivers a little bit? Well, maybe no, maybe you need a nice soothing yoga class and, or a soak in the sauna or or soak in the sauna, soak in the jacuzzi or something like that, you know, something to relax you. Maybe you need to just 
listen to some sounds, healing sounds and take a nap, you know, Mm -hmm. but you have to also give yourself time to try things, to let your body know if it likes it or if it doesn't, and then stick with what it likes Yeah, and have that conversation go. I love that. That's quite good. I, um, (laughs) When you are listening to your body, it's it is. I think everyone can listen to their body when there's big things. So when, for example, I don't know, if they see a person walking into the store with a balaclava on, your body will go, huh? And have that. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that you need to be more conscious of, of the littler, huh? Right? Yes. <clears throat> Yes, and exactly. it takes practice. You just have to be, be conscious of what of, of it, and make those adjustment adjustments and listen to to the to your body. I love that. Yes. Um, what age were you when you um started listening to your to yourself and into and your inner self? <clears throat> um, I would say so. I just turned thirty eight, and I would say that it wasn't until about like 30, 31, mm-hmm. um, when I was kind of in the depths of my symptoms that were popping up is that's when I really started to put more faith in myself and where I was going to investigate. And that's where my inside journey kind of started of learning to trust my intuition. Yeah. And when I trusted my intuition, it kind of told me, mm, that doesn't sound right. I don't, I don't think that's the answer for me or no, I don't think that's the person I should be listening to right now. Mm -hmm. They might have great words of advice and I can keep them as, you know, little seeds or nuggets to recall later, Yeah, but they're not the one that I'm going to take and move me forward. So, um, that's when I really started to get in touch with my intuition and I was like, huh, there might be something to this. And it kind of just grew from there. Oh, I love that. Intuition is such a beautiful thing to tap into. And we all yes. have intuition. It's just a matter of if we're actually listening to it, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very quiet. I, I heard one time, and I love to repeat this, that um, intuition is quiet. It's like a little whisper. But fear is loud. And those are the repetitive thoughts that you hear of, you can't do this, you're going to do this, it's going to mess up if you do this, or stop doing this, is that's fear and anxiety and those negative thoughts that are trying to come in your mind and, you know, change whatever you're doing. But your intuition is like a, hey, go this way. Or, hey, you're doing a great job, keep going. You know, it's a very quiet whisper. So if we're not able to find ways to quiet our mind and keep the loud noises out of it then it's hard to hear those whispers so what you're saying is to integrate meditation or yoga to really help with that mind anything that's going to help you connect with your mind and body um Yoga, yes, it's great. Meditation is wonderful. And there's so many types of meditation. I thought you had to be the cross-legged hands, you know, like this sitting there um, in front of a Buddha statue type of meditation. And it's not. Um, I first got into meditation when I was running on the uh, treadmill. And I realized that when I was running the treadmill that my mind was wandering, Mm -hmm. but wandering in a sense of, 
questioning, not like compiling my grocery list, but it was kind of either quiet or kind of a, huh, I wonder, or huh. And it was leading me to other things that had me start the questioning levels uh, within myself. And I had said to one time to my mother, I was like, mom, it's just weird because when I'm on the treadmill, my mind's just so kind of, it feels more still. Like the stress of the day just went away. She was like, that's meditation. And I'm like, what do you mean? So you you can do mindful meditation, uh, something like that, just focusing on things. Um, Going out, staring at the clouds. That's a form of meditation. Um, I love to uh, watch the flame of a flat of fire and, you know, just light a fire, watch the flames flicker around and dance. And that's a form of meditation. So there's so many different types. Um, so it's definitely achievable for everyone to do. Everyone can meditate. Yes. You can practice and just build up on it. And it's so reachable for everyone. That's incredible. I, so I, I've known about the different ways of meditation but your story about being on the treadmill I'm like oh my god yes (laughs) it doesn't matter what you're doing again being just present and um, conscious of how you're what your mind's going through at the time if it's doing that oh I wonder about this Mm, that's interesting I should try that that is the universe talking to you giving you insights and ideas and that yeah meditating so you need to really take a moment and find out where in the world you do this oops where you do this and that Mm -hmm. will be your meditative place where you get that information oh my gosh you just blew my mind (laughs) (laughs) hey i love that yes so how how authentic do you feel right now from when you were a little kid to now how authentic do you uh, do you feel and do you think there's more to come there's more to you I mean on a scale of one to a hundred I feel 100 percent me yeah authentically everything about me um from a scale of where I came from as a child it's night and day yeah um as a child I questioned myself I listened to other people's opinions I uh, did things, I was people pleasing. So I did things for other people, not for myself. So I didn't really honor my likes and dislikes. Um, I didn't vocalize things. Um, I was very stuck in a type of mindset that wasn't really serving me. And through my lessons and teachings myself and learnings, um, I have just been able to adjust those over the years, um, shed what didn't need, wasn't serving me and really just kind of hone and build up what was serving me. So when I found something that worked, I just did it and did it. And then maybe sometimes it didn't work anymore and I had to change and do something else, but I already had a starting point. Um, so that's how I kind of live my life now. Um, I also do use a certain tool. It's called the wellness wheel. And it's uh, broken into certain areas of your life. Like I was saying, spirituality, uh, education, community, friendships, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, that is something that I do probably, I'd love to do it every month, but I, that's not truthful. Probably every couple of months um, <laughs> when I need it really is if I'm in a bind and I need it, or if I'm just checking in every couple of months, just to kind of see where I'm at. And that helps me to identify if I'm 
a little imbalanced in certain areas. And if I'm, you know, doing pretty balanced overall, um, so that kind of keeps me uh, in harmony, basically. So what what's a wellness wheel? So it was a tool that, so I learned about this in health coaching school, and it was a tool that uh, someone had created, I want to say in the 60s, uh, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> something like that, where it became popular for basically our lives can be broken down into certain categories of what makes us up holistically. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of our happiness in those areas. So our fulfillment um, rather than happiness, if that's a different word to use it. But, you know, if you think about relationships, um, how happy are you in a relationship? Are you in a relationship and happy? You could be in a relationship and you could be miserable. Mm -hmm. um, you could be single and ecstatically happy, or you could be single and, you know, sad or want more. So it's kind of just certain areas, again, of, you know, do you have a sense of community? Um, do you need to go out and maybe join more groups or maybe you need to back off of some groups and find a little more quiet time for yourself? Um, but it's kind of where your personal gauge is of fulfillment on a few of these. I break it down into seven different areas in those areas and mm -hmm. um, just kind of you ideally want to have a wheel, yeah. like a bicycle wheel or something like that. And so if you take this sheet or workbook or something like that and you put out you know 10 in this area five in this area six in this area you see that you have a broken wheel yes and you can kind of see where you might need a little bit more assistance like okay you know I just went on vacation so maybe I need to put my nutrition up a little bit more attention um and you know or I need to do some more movement or so you can kind of just see how to balance air, those areas out and that's going to keep you in that um harmony state yeah so that's what I do and that's how I that's how I kind of live my life now with that oh. as a big big presence in it yeah it sounds like a nice way to check in on yourself where am I at what do, where do I need to make slight changes that sounds like an yes exactly um mm -hmm. what was I going to ask you just in my mind just gone we where would you say if someone is struggling um with uh, a health health issue what do they need to start with where do they start to move away from the medicine move away from all of that and really um yeah literally just move away from the med the medicine side of things what's their first sort of step to take so I always tell people that the first step you need to take is being honest with yourself. Um, because so many people say, um, I'm tired, you know, I'm so tired right now, but yet they're going out and they're getting, let's say fast food for dinner and they're, you know, drinking sodas and stuff like that. So if you're tired, you know, you need to be honest with, am I putting stuff in my body that might make me tired? Um, and you might not know that at first, mm -hmm. but um, if someone says, well, you know, you're saying to someone, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. And they ask you, well, how's your diet? You can't be like, well, it's pretty good. Yeah. Is it pretty good? Because, you know, mm -hmm. this is, is it? and you have to be like, 
is it? Yes, I always say that. I'm like, is it? Um, but you know, it's that, well, I'm sure it could be better, but this is what a normal day looks like for me. Yeah. And so starting with being obviously with a trusted person um, that you respect and trust to guide you to another level um, or step, but you know, you have to be openly honest with what's actually happening. And from there, they're going to be able to guide you to another change or adjustment or, you know, something you might need to add um, because it might be a deficiency. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might need vitamin D. Um, and so you might need to be tested for vitamin D levels or something along those lines. So it's that I say brutal honesty is kind of the first step in order to get you there. Um, yeah. It's funny you say that because I, uh, a few years ago did, um, a diet and, I wasn't honest with myself. I didn't realize I wasn't actually being honest. But, you know, you write down your journal what you eat each day. And you're like, oh, da, 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 da. And then you, and then at nighttime, I'd be looking at it and I'd be like, oh, I did really good. Then I'd question myself and go, actually, where's that chocolate bar that you did? Oh, you didn't even put that in. Or all the salt that you put in on top of your food. And you're like, oh, I didn't yeah. even think about that, you know? So you you really have to be conscious of, of um the things that you want to change and yeah. really put the effort in and be honest yeah. with yourself and then honest yeah. with the person that you want to help support mm -hmm. and guide you. Exactly. Eh? So funny. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> we really, we really need to take accountability with ourselves, don't we? With everything in our lives, not just um, our health, but our um, love, um, education, our children, mm -hmm you know, everything in our life, we have to take accountability and we have to get in control of it because we can. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy yes. not to be in control. For example, that exact story where I was just like, right, write everything down. Oh, I wasn't in control. I wasn't thinking and being conscious and, and in the present with it and yes. making the right, I wanted it, but I wasn't actually helping myself. Yeah. As I always say, I'm like, it's that radical responsibility Yeah, is, yeah. you know, you just have to be, we don't always like what happens and sure we're human, so that's fine. But, you know, when we notice one thing, then we can correct it for the next. Yeah. So it's like that I might not have included, you know, extra salt or a chocolate bar or something like that, but now I know. So now I can be more mindful and aware so I can maybe I need to write things down as I eat them. Maybe not. You know, maybe you're over writing things down and you can be like, okay, you don't need to be that detailed on it or something along those lines. So it's that exactly like you said, that accountability, that responsibility that you have to yourself um, in order to do the best we can. Yeah, exactly. So what I know you have something for the listeners. Do you want to explain what that is for us? Yes. Um, so I do have um, on my website, you can go and download for free the workbook that I have. Um, it is a wellness wheel workbook. So it kind of explains more in depth um, about the wellness wheel, the different areas and why they are so important to keep in balance. And then there is a little worksheet that, you know, you can print out as many times as you'd like to. Um, for you know, making your own wellness wheel to see where you're currently at. 
um, and see maybe do you, you know, need adjustments in anywhere or are you doing great? And if, I mean, if you are or not, you're, you're doing great regardless. Um, but if there's things that could help out or uh, maybe you need to back off on something so you can see where you're at at the moment. Um, with, with that, how do we not be so harsh on ourselves? How were you not so harsh on yourself and your journey? I wasn't first. Um, I am a recovered big fan of self-shaming myself. Yeah. Um, it'd be too hard to expecting perfection, um, getting frustrated with myself if things didn't work out. But I really had to learn to kind of let it go. Yeah. And not in the sense of put it out of my mind and forget about it, but it's fine. What's done is done and cannot be undone. And the only thing we can do is take the wisdom that we gain from what happened before and move it with us going forward. Mm -hmm. So if we, nice. you know, come into a room that has broken glass on it and you walk on it and you step on a piece of glass, yes, it's going to be upsetting. It's going to be mad and everything, but you're going to learn from that. Mm -hmm. And what we hopefully you do, yeah. but if you do, what you learn from that is wisdom that we're able to take with us to now look at the floor before we step into a room. And if there is a room with broken glass, now we can be like, hmm, I've been down this road. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. So we know how to correct ourselves or just to try something different and see how that one goes. Um, so everything's going to be trial and error and life is going to ebb and flow. So what worked for you yesterday might be a different feeling of for you today you know years are going to change you life is changing everything like that so it's an ever evolving process yeah. but um you can't be so hung up on the past because that's going to create more anxiety for you in the future yeah. and it's really going to impact um your mental space and it's going to impact what you do and kind of how you choose to live and so just kind of coming to that uh, peace point of just knowing that you did your best, uh, whatever it was, you did great. Because even if you think that it's not right, you learned something from it. And if you can learn from it, that's awesome. And you're winning. So you did a great job and you're doing a great job. And just, it can always be another choice because every second of every day is a choice and you can always change the last one you made. Alex, what a fantastic answer. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well explained. Oh, brilliant. So if anyone wants to work with you, how can they get it? How, how can they work with you? So the best way to work with me is right now, kind of just get in contact with me. Go ahead and send me a message. Um, my Facebook page, I believe you're going to put a link in um, somewhere that's going to be able to be accessed to my Facebook page. And from there, you can write me a comment if you want, I'll answer that or send me a message. Um, you can also, if you want to send me an email through my website, which is www.wellnesswithalex.com. Um, so you can send me an email through there, um, but Facebook will be a little bit of a quicker reply time um, because I'm on there a little bit more frequently. And um, if you want to go ahead and get in touch with me, you know, we can set up a call, a 30 minute chat and just kind of see what's going on and see if I can help out with anything or help guide you 
or give you some tips that you can take away. Whether you work with me or not does not matter, but I'm here to help and guide. And I want everyone to find successes the way that I did. And I would love it so much if I could be a part of your journey as well. Oh, that's awesome. And when me and Alex were talking just before the show, we were saying how much all we want to do is help as many people as we possibly can. Um, if it's through Alex, if it's through me, if it's through somebody else, we don't mind. We just want to be able to bring happiness to the world. Wasn't it, Alex? Bring as much There's so much happiness. Yeah. There's so much happiness in the world and everyone should have it. Everyone should feel it, should embody it, live it. And, and you know, smile more. I just, I've always said I wanted to change the world one smile at a time. So oh, it's just Alex. <laughs> beautiful. That is so good. All right. We're going to finish off with a few of our fun little questions for you. So the first one is if authenticity were a color, what color would it be and why? Purple. Um, Probably because it's my favorite color. Yeah. Um, I just, I love purple, all shades of it. Um, I just think it stands for so much of me. It, you know, has multicolors combined in it. Um, and I just, I love it. So I would definitely go with purple. Purple. If you could be an animal to express your true self, which animal would you choose? And how does it represent you? Cat. Yeah, I am. I self-admitted I'm a cat lady. Um, I only have a couple of them, but I love them because of their personalities. Yeah, they are so individual and they are so different. And I love that they they really let you know what they want. Like when they don't want to be pet, they will walk away from you and they will give you a judgmental look and they own it. And they'll let you know when they want attention, they will swat at you, wake you up, meow. <laughs> so I love how authentic they are yeah. and they're totally fine in their own body and they're not afraid to show it. So I, I resonate with that. Awesome. <laughs> And if you had a magic wand and everyone in the world had to follow one ruling you create, what would it be? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, always be kind. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to like someone, do the best thing, put yourself, you know, at any type of risk of, you know, harming yourself or whatever, but you can always act kind. And sometimes that means being silent and not, you know, saying anything or, you know, not gossiping or whatever it is. And so just acting from the heart and being kind uh, because you never know anyone else's story and you never know how you impact them. So that would be my magical wish. Oh, I like that magical wish. I love it very much. <laughs> I, kindness is such a... Um, something that is also very much needed in the world, isn't it? Because when you give kindness, you sort of give a vibration off. And, and yes. the beautiful thing is when you see that vibration hit the person that you're giving the kindness to and you see their vibration change and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, thank you. Yeah, That sort of thing we need more of in the world. We need that kindness vibration everywhere. And yes. you can be kind in any situation, even if it's, 
uh, an uncomfortable one and you're not liking a conversation, you can still be kind about it and say, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I'm just going to pop over and grab a cup of coffee. I'll be back. We'll do it. Exactly. You can always be kind. I love that. That was such a good, another great answer from Alex. Boy, you're, you're going for a gold star here, Alex. I tell you. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Yes. And the last thing is, is there anything that you have got that you would like to share? Any Anything to end with? Anything that's coming through that you would like to share with the audience to finish off? I think just know how awesome you are, every single person, and truly love yourself for everything about you, every quirk, every weirdness, every wrongdoing, every learning that you have, um, just really love yourself because you're awesome. Uh, well said, Alex, and a great way to finish the show. Thank you so much for being part of this. Thank you for sharing your journey and thank you for sharing all the knowledge that you have. We really appreciate it and we, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Um, Everyone else, we will see you in the next episode. I hope you took something away from this episode and we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Authentically You podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some valuable insights. If you'd like to stay connected with us, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and follow us on social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kirsty Impact Coach or become Authentically You on the Facebook group. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback and ideas for future episodes. Feel free to drop us a message or leave a review. Your input means the world to us as we continue to grow and improve. Remember, living authentically is a journey and we're so glad and grateful to have you with us on this path of self-discovery and personal growth. Until next time, always remember to be true to yourself, embrace your uniqueness and live life unapologetically because you are truly remarkable just the way you are. This is Kirsty signing off on the Authentically You podcast. Take care and keep shining bright.